0: Cutting Through Tech, episode four, six ways to build a solid foundation for your tech product. Welcome to Cutting Through Tech, the show all about technical strategy for women leaders today. If you're new, hi, I'm Maxime. I'm a technical coach to women entrepreneurs, as well as a software engineer and a designer. And if you've already been listening to the show for the last few episodes, welcome back. You're tuned in to season one, where we are going through all the foundations of running a solid tech project. So you might be looking to create a website or an app, not you yourself, but for your business. Uh, You probably will be looking to either hire an engineer or contract out a team who can develop something that your business needs. But really, there is a (laughs) it's a little bit like there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it probably not completely set in stone, but I'm here to walk you through what mistakes to avoid and what types of processes you can add in that should hopefully get you extremely clear and prepped so your project runs smoothly. Last time on the show, we had a chat about customers because at the end of the day, customers are key to the success of any business, technical or not. And it was a quick episode, it was one that probably all of you are very familiar with and I figured it was worth adding in because it's part of the process and always worth repeating. But today we're taking it a step further with validation. So all of the thinking so far around business strategy and customers will really hit home in today's episode. You've got a strategy, right? You know exactly what project you're undertaking for what purpose in your business. You have time and budget set aside, you have a clear goal that you'd like to get to, a return on investment, and it matches your company's vision and mission. Now, you've also really honed in on your target customer. You know who it's for, what problem you're solving, and why you are the one to bring it to the market, and why they would be over the moon. Now, the next step really is to just go and build it, right? Hmm, probably not. This is what I touched on on episode one. And to be fair, I may have shortened the timeframe a bit there by almost making it seem like someone has an idea and then rushes out and like grabs a dev in the middle of the street and says, build this for me. Um Not quite, right? I would say this is probably the stage that most people end up at before they go into what I call execution, right? They think they are clear on what they're making, why and for whom. And now it's just about getting it sorted, getting it built. I would argue actually there is a lot of validation that you can still do before you reach that point. And whilst it may seem time consuming, it actually saves you a lot of time and in return money in the long way. Because validating your idea whilst it's in development is extremely expensive. It takes a lot of time to write good solid code and to then find out that maybe a third of the product was actually not what you needed, which means you've wasted a third of your time as well as your budget. So what I would suggest here is to move that validation process right ahead. Now, what are you looking to validate? And like you said, you're probably busy, (laughs) you're running your business. So this is actually a perfect task that you can do together with the team that you've got in place. Or perhaps you might actually want to hire someone who can create materials, surveys, documents, and is skilled in putting out marketing materials online in order to do this kind of validation. I'll walk you through a few different techniques and examples in a minute. But to start with, and this is very important for you as a CEO to do, is now that you've got your strategy, you've got your customer, what unknowns are left? What questions are you left with? What worries you? What keeps you up at night still about this project? Ignoring any technical implementation. Imagine that if you gave this to a developer team, it got done on time, on budget, perfectly to what you imagined. What questions do you have left? Now, additionally to that, what things are you sure about? What is certain? if you had to write down a few statements about this project and about your customer that you felt like were 100% true, what would they be? And I really do suggest that you grab some pen and paper and take a few minutes to think this through. What you're effectively ending up with is a list of unanswered questions and a list of statements that I would consider hypotheses. You believe, say, to continue an example from the previous episode around a Uh, last minute class booking workout type app, um, you believe that there is a strong need for people who are looking to book last minute exercise classes whilst at work on the go for lunchtime. And if they were to do that, this is exactly how they would do that, right? They would like a subscription so they don't have to think about the price of each class, they can just turn up and go. Or it's the opposite. You think that people wouldn't want a subscription and they would like to know the price of each class and compare them and pick a option that is suitable to their budget. Whatever it is, right? You know your product. Now, imagine that that's actually not the case. Imagine the consequences of that statement not being true, right? If you take that statement as a fundamental concept and you develop your entire product based on that, and that foundation shakes and breaks and falls apart, everything that you've built on top of it will consequently fall down as well, which would be a tremendous shame. And really, it's actually quite simple to validate these assumptions. So what I would say is take a list of assumptions or hypotheses, and let's look at how you can start validating those with real customers. There are, I would say, two approaches one that would require what I consider a prototype. So a tangible artifact that effectively simulates or emulates a product-like experience or whatever it is that you're looking to create. So you can give it to people and they can interact with it. But there is also a lot of other research you can do that doesn't require a prototype, which is what we'll be talking about today. Now, just to name a few, you could find out more by putting out surveys. By conducting phone calls, posting on social media or, you know, adding polls on social media. Uh, You could host a focus group. You could do targeted user research, make use of your mailing list, or even go as far as to set up a website. So let's look at a few of these. If you found that you were actually left with a lot of questions still, a survey is oftentimes a really good way of looking to validate. Now, the issue is that you have to send it to the right people and you might want to attach an incentive for people to fill it out. So if you already have an existing product, you might give a small discount or you might have a raffle prize or something like that. But the completion rate of a survey can sometimes be quite low. If you're able to send it out to a big group of people, you'll actually have a statistically significant sample size to derive information from, which is great. But if you want to do in-depth qualitative research, you might also consider calling some of your customers or clients. The reason I mention a phone call is because, funnily enough, oftentimes people do find that a bit more comfortable. They can't see you. They can give quite honest feedback. Um, So as long as they're willing to take that time, and maybe again, there's an incentive for them to do so, you can end up with very thorough feedback. Another common method is to put together a focus group. This is similar to the phone call method, but in person with a few people. So it's a smaller size than the survey. And as such, it falls again in a qualitative bucket where you get hopefully thorough feedback with opinions that deepen your understanding, as opposed to a large sample set with statistically significant quantitative research, which is a survey route, but it's also face-to-face and there is a group dynamic there. So does that suit your audience? Also it's important to craft a range of different exercises that allow people to give feedback in a variety of ways that doesn't just rely on speaking up because not everyone feels comfortable in that dynamic to give you that feedback. So there could be card sorting exercises, um, point system rankings, written bits of feedback and so forth. But we live in the day and age of the internet so you can also take a lot of this interaction online. Surveys was one way, but if you have an existing mailing list, you can reach out to them and ask for feedback directly, or you can rely on social media, um, Instagram polls to LinkedIn to whatever platform you are comfortable on and tend to use. Lastly, I want to talk about one of my favorite ways, which is kind of treading into prototype territory, but not quite yet. I really do still consider this as marketing. So nowadays, it's quite easy to set up a website. You can use a range of different providers. Um, I like Squarespace. This is not sponsored by Squarespace. Um, But you know what I mean, right? You can kind of click and put something together. So you can effectively create a launch page for your product or service. And you can then market that page using either ads or indeed your mailing list, social media, reaching out to those ideal clients and customers and asking them to sign up. Sign up to find out more, sign up to hear when this drops, sign up to get it first and see how big is this demand. If you know through your ad campaigns that you've reached 3000 people, but only four people have signed up, either you are targeting the wrong audience or that audience genuinely doesn't want this product. If you present it to all your existing customers through a mailing list and equally the click-through rate, and then sign-up rate is well below industry standards, that might also mean it needs a little bit more work. However, the benefit is that you are collecting sign-ups of people that are interested, who you can then work with to further refine your concept. Imagine that you've been growing this mailing list of people who are interested in this, who you can then also use to run your focus groups on, to have a conversation with, a phone call, and so forth. In turn, these then also become people that you can user test with further down the line once you do have tangible prototypes. I know that was me throwing a lot of different ways at you very quick there, but I do have a write-up of this available as a resource. You can find it on cuttingthroughtech.com episode 4 or in the show notes. Hopefully that's given you some ideas on how to validate your concept before you end up spending your hard-earned cash on getting it developed. I'd say that initial thinking piece is something really important for you to do, and it might also be an exercise you'd like to repeat with your team. But after that, setting up these sites or conducting this research and doing the interviews is something that you can, and I would recommend you outsource to your team. I would highly recommend you grab the bull by its horns and actually tackle any outstanding questions that you have. And I think those are really normal in the process. We all have them. We're never 100% certain of anything. And the best way to learn more is by trying it out. And I know that many people follow this approach. There's nothing new about that. But what I've noticed is that oftentimes in technology, People feel hesitant to do so because they feel like they need a tech team or a set of developers in order to do this. And really what I'm here to tell you is that you don't. There's so many ways you can test your concepts without needing to write a single line of code. Well, that's it for me today. How about you? I would love to hear from you. Drop me a note on Maxime at CuttingThroughTech.com because what's going on? What are you excited about? What are you working on? Has this podcast inspired you to create any tech asset in your business? Or are there still any questions that you have? If you do like what you hear, reviews help us out massively as a newly starting podcast. So if you can spare the time, it'd be wonderful to receive some feedback on the show. Now, next episode, we are taking it a bit further into the prototyping terrain, still basically no code required. I'm wishing you a wonderful day and until then, see you soon.